it's not uncharted territory to add new media to a museum collection. Um, but what I think makes this really special is that uh, video games are are unique. They're unique from film. They're unique from uh, theater and performance. Uh, but they combine all of these things together to create this entirely new, innovative space. Largely, video games as an industry has stopped talking about the concept of whether games are art, uh, because slowly but surely, it's just sort of being accepted. Uh, earlier this year, MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, accepted uh, a bunch of video games into its permanent collection, and uh, earlier this week, the Smithsonian American Art Museum uh, actually did the exact same thing. The Smithsonian only acquired two games, though. That game company's Flower, and... Halo 2600, a, a port of, well, not a port, uh, a reinterpretation of Halo uh, by ex-Microsoft developer uh, Ed Freeze, who some folks might know from the early Xbox days. And I actually had a chance to get on the phone with uh, the curator of the film and media art uh, division of the Smithsonian Institution, uh, Michael Mansfield, uh, to talk to him about how he arrived at picking these two games, why he picked these two games, why it's important that they're acquired and part of a permanent collection, and uh, maybe what this says about games, the whole art conversation, and uh, what happens going forward. Here's a listen. Can you sort of summarize and contextualize what exactly the Smithsonian has made the decision to do today? Uh, as you know, we mounted an exhibition a couple of years ago on the art of ex video games, um, which was really, I really view that exhibition as opening the door to, uh, opening the door to the museum to video games rather than the other way around, I suppose. Um, it's a medium that I think is really interesting for, you know, gamers and designers and interesting collaborative uh, projects to come together creating this new performance space. Um, that offers new experiences for people, and this is uh, this is something I've been interested in for a while. So what we we've done from that exhibit is taken the, the sort of baseline research that we did in mounting um, that body of work and used it to support the acquisition of two games. Um, the and what that means is actually accessioning the games into the permanent collection of film and media artworks here at the museum. So we have acquired. Um, Flower uh, from that game company and uh, Halo 2600 um, as little acquisition pack packages that will uh, give us something to uh, exhibit in the future, I guess. Weird having this conversation knowing that uh, you know this is outside the norm for what most people are thinking about with video games, but or art museums for that matter. And and I think you know one of the terms you use there, I think, is is probably new to a lot of you know game players. The the idea of acquisition is different than, for example, uh, just putting together an exhibit that's there for the spring and then it's gone in the fall. So what do you mean by when it becomes acquired, becomes part of a permanent collection? Good question. So we have brought to the museum a a 
a digital format of the game itself, what we're calling the acquisition format, which is the uh, in the instance of Flower, is a uh, copy of the game on a Blu-ray disc. Um, in addition to that, we've acquired a number of uh, PS3 consoles. Um, as you know, the, uh, the architecture of the game is dependent on the architecture of the console uh, for Flower. Mm -hmm. So we've acquired both the game and the console itself uh, that will live with the other artworks in our permanent collection. So it's going to live alongside um, videos and sculptures and paintings and uh, electronic artworks that we have. And what, what this will allow us to do is sort of place games into games and other artworks into uh, conversation with one another uh, in a, the creative space or the, the sort of civic platform that a museum is. Um, it allows us to, to set the stage for new conversations about, you know, interactivity and the landscape and uh, ideas of identity and things like that that museums are really quite good at um, setting up. Does this, it's, it's really an interesting moment for us, I think. Uh, acquiring something like this, it sort of sets, uh, or I should say, it, it marks an important dimension to the field of media art and uh, gives us the opportunity to talk about the in innovative practices of media artists and game designers and um, whatnot in our growing media culture. So, you know, Flower and Halo 2600 are, are two wildly different types of games, and to choose those two right. games as the first entries, can you talk a little about the process of uh, how you researched uh, picking those games uh, and, and why you chose those as to be the ones that sort of represent the beginning of, of right. a new conversation? Well, one reason I chose those games is that they are two wildly different games. Um, it's important to, you know, this is, this is only the first step, um, or I should say the second step following on the exhibition, but the first step in, in representing video games in the permanent collection. Um, and I, I wanted to sort of uh, stake out some ground here around uh, what the potential of the medium is. Um, so with, uh, you know, Flower is a, uh, is, a, is a really innovative game that comes out of a, a fantastic practice that Genova Chen and Kelly Santiago had with that game company uh, when they designed the game. It was it was really new. Um, it brought up a lot of new ideas about uh, the role of the player, the role of the game, the space that it creates. You know that sort of performative element um, with the console itself. So there were there are interesting discussions to have about uh, the technology and uh, the the moving image. Um, whereas Halo 2600 is a uh, is really a homebrew game, albeit by a, uh, a brewmaster, um, Ed Freeze, and uh, it uh, I think that it has a it has a very different perspective or offers a very different perspective on on gaming and video games themselves. It's really sort of uh, opens the door to the democratic process of making a game or or corresponding with uh, with video games themselves and their histories. Um, so, uh, and I, I'm, I'm really kind of a fan of, of early, uh, early technology. And uh, as the Atari VCS was really the, the 
opening volley for consoles. Um, it's a really interesting thought process that Freeze must have gone through to author Halo for this early system. And speaking with him about uh, how that process came about really uh, gave me a lot of hope for video games as, a, as an artistic medium. So, you know, one of the things that you know game players have and game designers, just the industry in general, has, talks to themselves a lot about is you know this idea of games being accepted as you know a medium alongside uh, you know film and books and 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 other types of art that you know is readily accepted. Did you? You know, as someone that was looking to incorporate video games into the Smithsonian, encounter any resistance, uh, especially, you know, sort of among a generational gap um, that are not, you know, didn't grow up with games, that isn't part of their culture necessarily. Um, How how did you pitch that to to folks that maybe don't, you know, sort of have an ingrained appreciation for for games as a part of their youth? Well, I think that there's a, there's a, There's a great deal of of resistance, uh, and it's. But you know, this is a uh, sort of building on the history of art. There's you know, for the past century and longer, artists have been challenging the rules of institutions by creating artworks that are just unruly enough for institutions to not be able to handle. And um, uh, I think that. Um, it's a conversation that's already been started in museums when, with uh, collections of photography, with collections of film, with collections of video and media art, as well as abstract painting and, um, you know, other modes of expression that have, you know, they, they sort of have to introduce themselves to the collection and the collection has to introduce them to the public. So this is, um, it's not untar- uncharted territory to add new media to a museum collection. Um, but what I think makes this really special is that uh, video games are are unique. They're unique from film. They're unique from uh, theater and performance. Uh, but they combine all of these things together to create this entirely new, innovative space, um, which is completely uncharted. And uh, it also invites a number of artists and programmers and developers to work together to create something that is perhaps outside of the accepted academic modes of, of art history. You know, um, I think there's a lot of territory here to be explored. I, I imagine that must be, you know, even just for you, like that must be really exciting to be, you know, kind of the person that is sort of like choosing which games, you know, best highlight that. Cause you know, just like anything else, you know, art is, you know, a very personal experience and, you know, in the games that you're choosing, you know, both represent the medium and sort of your own perspective on the medium itself. Well, you know, we're, we're trying to be really, I'm not working alone. Um, uh, I don't know if I could handle that responsibility all by myself. <laughs> we have a, we have a really great team of people here. I'm, I'm really excited that I'm, you know, leading the charge at the museum, but, um, this is, uh, this is a, this is a sort of daunting task. We're trying to be really methodical and, and, um, ensure that the the practice that we're exercising here at the museum uh, is fair to the games and fair to the collection and, and fair to the public. Um, this is a you know that we we chose very carefully. We chose to to begin the collection with Flower, which was a game that um, really caught a lot of a, a lot of attention here at the exhibit during the exhibition with. Um, you know our 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 public at large. So a, num- a number of people that were really familiar with landscape painting and the tradition of landscape painting could 
readily identify with that work. Um, and it provided a nice avenue of discussion uh, with the rest of the collection. At the same time, Halo, Halo 2600 was, was something I think that speaks to um, uh, significant movements in our media arts collection with artists working with uh, both past technologies and uh, contemporary culture and sort of um, exploring what is happening now with previous technologies and, and finding a way to correspond with their own cultural histories. I think there's some really interesting things happening there as well. So um, this sort of, the, the diversity of these two games gave us a lot of, of room to set the stage for what other games we might bring into the collection or where we might go from here. So um, it's important to know that this is just the beginning. And I guess that would be, you know, my final question is, you know, anyone that, that looks at these two games, you know, you can't help but, you know, look towards the future, even, you know, even as you mentioned that this is the first step. So what, what are those next steps or, or is that something that's, you know, a little too early, a little, a little too far down the line? Well, we're taking a really close look at um, uh, works that were created, you know, obviously in the 80s. Um, but we're also looking at what artists are doing today. And what I think that, you know, I... I think there's an opportunity to to work with artists that are uh, creating installations and things of this nature. I think that there, you know, it's, perhaps it's too early to say exactly what we're what we're going to do next. Um, but it's e I guess you're right. It is easy to see that with these two games, there's there's a lot of territory we can cover.